haven't seen you for like six months, which is so strange. It has been a while. But in person, because as you know, folks, sometimes either Arlene is remotely off on a very beautiful desert island (laughs) with sun and sand. I am in Springbank, Alberta, but we've been doing it remotely. So one of us is in the studio here and then... The other one of us has been using our iPads and our microphones and stuff. So it's nice to see you in person. It's nice to see you too. I was listening to our last podcast uh, that we had done, and I talked a lot. So I, I'm going to I'm going to pass Are the mic crazy? over to you. No, I felt like I talked a no, lot. No, yeah, usually I'm talking all the time. No, okay, I did just this so time. you know, this is how I feel when I listen back to us. So this is psychological, and okay. the folks at home can comment on this on Twitter if they want to. Okay. When I listen to them. I feel like I'm the one talking all the time. Really? Yeah. So don't <laughs> don't think that. No, this time I actually think I did, but I had I felt like I had a lot to say. So oh I want to hear what. Tell me about your week because you've had like an insane week. I was watching you on Instagram, and I was thinking to myself, how is she finding the energy? To do it all. I really was. I was so impressed that you were showing up to all these events. And I mean, I didn't go to the CSAs this year. I, I How did you do it? Well, this is what happens. So you, you know the drill with television. When you are entering press junkets for Dragon yeah. Stand or when do you, when you're, you know, the, like your new show. Um, under you, new management. Under, under, sorry, under new management. <laughs> I was going to say over new management. Under new management. Um, which is the second season. So you know from the first time around what is required of your personal time which is promoting the show, talking to all these different outlets, radio, print, press, television, radio, the whole gamut. So you just have to figure out how to get enough sleep, figure out how to eat nutritious food, and get some exercise in. But you you did a lot. Oh, it is a lot. How many events did you do this week? I can't count. I do not know. I feel like I've been doing the CSAs for like 10 days in a row. I know. It felt like it was a never-ending award show. Like, I got to say, the CSAs need to shorten it a bit because it was a lot. There's a lot of awards. Here's what I'll say about that. I think to celebrate the arts in Canada is of paramount importance. I think a lot of people leave here in the arts. I think a lot of people go stateside. A lot of people go to the UK because we have no star system here. So it's Mm -hmm. hard... From my point of view, it's hard to keep people. I mean, how often do we tout, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling and... Um, I'd like to tout uh, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling. Well, but, but oh, tout, just, tout, but tout. You said tout. Just okay, big, tout. These big stars, <laughs> big Canadian stars, whether it's Jim Carrey. Or Sandra Oh. Sandra Oh. People that have, have gone into the States because obviously there's more... They can get a bigger bang for their buck and there's more work and all those things. So, so... Here's my. I'll get to my point. Please. The CSAs here. I think it's difficult for, especially like a televised uh, show, for for the jo- Joe and John Henry sitting at home to watch the show. They don't. They kind of recognize people like, oh, I've seen them on that or seen them on this, but they don't know their names. And I think that's a problem in entertainment. They know some of the names, like Eugene Levy and Dan Levy and and Catherine O'Hara, but these are people that have also had American success. This is just my observation. So when you see it from my side of the fence, it's it's problematic. And and but I don't know if we if our culture supports that kind of a system. Well, so when you for those of 
our listeners who don't know what Jan means when she says a star system. The, the Canadian system. Screen Awards is what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, but the star system, what she means by that is we don't have a, a system whereby the talent is actually elevated and recognized for being, you know, the kind of the crux of the show. It's like the, it's more about the people who put the show on the air, whether it's the broadcaster, the network, or the producer. But the, the talent the talent is not, you know, it, it's not as elevated the same way and it's almost pushed down a little bit like you know you don't have you don't recognize names unless you really have gotten great exposure now it's also because in Canada there's only three real you know major networks Um, in the US there's a lot of regional networks and there's a lot of different audience levels and I mean it's just a a bigger audience uh, in general but I agree with you I feel like there's there is a disconnect um, from a financial compensation perspective, mm-hmm. from a yeah, what, recognition what actors are paid pers- here. Yes, actors are paid here. What yeah, they're, they, they're trying to pay their rent and pay, and, yes, and they're trying to pay their insurance on their car, and, and, and they're always in survival mode. <gasps> well, Any we ju- a- sorry to interrupt you. We were just <clears throat> talking about that, right? Like how. Mm-hmm. Um, people think, oh, because you're you're famous, you're rich. But a lot of these mm-hmm. uh, actors make absolutely like uh, the very majority money. of the actors that I have met this last couple of years, which has been an amazing, amazing journey for me. There's some of the most generous, kind, intelligent, hard work, hard working people I've ever met. Uh, it's a hard field to be in. Even the audition process is agonizingly a personal attack on you like if you go to three auditions a week and you don't get any of them like this happens time and time and time again but anyway I loved um, when you were saying that one promo you did for your show where you were pretending that you were auditioning for your own role it was pretty funny <laughs> Hi, I'm Jan I, and no, listen am next. I going to get the part yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I don't get the part it's but yeah, my they, show they're, they're, they talk about you know just in, in casual conversation oh my god I someday I would love to own a condo and I, I'm looking across at them Oh, I just I I I take uh, the tram or I take public transportation, which is I mean, of course you would. If I was in Toronto, I'd be on the damn trams all the time myself too. Um, but they're talking about not having enough work and not ha- being paid enough to really, you know, to buy a house or to get into a condo or to. I don't know. I've I've that was a very surprising part of the puzzle for me. I thought they were getting paid a lot more than mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. But where it's do you get the money from? Well, you know, again, in Canada, we rely... uh, This is... uh, I have a bigger beef about that because I think there's too much... We rely as a country, because we are a small country, mm-hmm. you know, we're cl- close to 30, 40, 40 million people call Yeah, it. I was going to say 39 million. Um, you know, we're a small country across a huge geographic um, Second span, biggest in the world, right? are we yeah, not? Yeah, we're, Next to yeah, the USSR. That's, that's right. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> back in the US. I know, I just... That so, was a joke. Yeah, I know. But we've got this huge country... Um, 80% of our population lives within 100 miles of the U.S. border, and we have um, uh, only 40 million people. So when you think about that, there is government programs are very important to ensure that there is cultural, you know, where, where whatever is supported, right? But so whether it's um, a telecast, uh, what do you call it? Um, sorry, the um, what's the fund? The um, Telefund, or what, well, there's there's lottery there's monies that are that are allocated to that all the time. You people wonder where where does all the lottery money go? Well, 
you know, a, a good chunk of that is su- supposed to be allocated to the arts, right. to but, to charitable pl- things. But you know, who knows? Well, I would rather like. that we were creating great programming and selling it all around the world and making our we're money by there, ex- we're, well, sort of, sort of. I mean, we are, but we're not. Like, there's a lot of reliance on on funding that you know, a lot of our production only happens because of that government funding. Which I'm not at all saying. Like, I think culturally, you know, we talk a lot about my whole, show wouldn't get made without funding. No, I, no, no show would get yeah, made without there's funding. There's just, there's no, so um, I'm very grateful to that. There's yeah. no way the network could pick up that tab. You know, the advertising dollars aren't there. So I'm very reliant. My God, I would probably venture to say, and I'm not a producer on the show, but there's probably seven or eight or nine sources of income to make the money to pay a crew of 100 people to shoot my show in Alberta. And we don't really have fat tax credits in Alberta. There's there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Right. But, you know, like, I, here's the here's the other side of that, Jan. And you you might not like this. Okay. You know, so I'll tell you what I think. Um, I think that we talk a lot about the importance of culture. We have all this funding. We have all these things we do. Um, we've got a – we've got – uh, a, pr- a public broadcaster that, you know, I think costs every Canadian, you know, $30 a year to support. Um, and people get all up in arms about that. And, you know, oh, we're spending all this money on the CBC as an example. Mm-hmm. But did you know that a lot of the budgets for all the other networks also come from taxpayer money? And so that doesn't get talked about. It doesn't get talked about that all of the other networks also get money from the government to support their programming and and so it's not uh, this isn't in defense of cbc this is in defense of culture yes this is in defense of canadian content and making sure that we have it so we do all those things we have all these these funds taxpayers are supporting all the networks we've got all these you know telefund and all these other different places and ways to get money and then we allow U.S. American programming to come in and take the times and the slots that are actually the most popular because we are looking for their advertising dollars instead of supporting Canadian content. So there, you can't talk. You know what is that that saying? You can't suck and blow at the same time. So <laughs> like, and I and I feel really strongly that we've got to. We have to defend Canadian programming and start to export it more instead of bringing in so much American programming. But isn't it the squeaky wheel gets the grease? You know, it's mm, like, it's the... is that what, is it what the consumer wants? They want Big Bang Theory. They want to see, you know, Will and Grace. They want to see, you know, they, they want to see They can this see them on American networks. Well, I mean, I don't know how it works. I have no idea how, how it all works. But... You know, when you don't have the money, there's people right now, there's Canadian producers, Canadian executive writers, creators. I bet you there's a thousand projects out there that are praying to get greenlit on one of the three networks right. that we have in this country. Right. They are all, I, I talk to people all the time, oh, I just did a pitch at, at blah, blah, blah. I just did a pitch there. Oh, I'm really hoping to get that. How did you get the show? And, how, and there's things, projects that take five, six, seven years to produce. To, to get and, and these are people that do get greenlit it takes a long time to get these shows done For but sure. I don't know it does come down to funding it does come down to you know I'm, and I'm sure there's a ton of great ideas out there I, there's so many great show ideas and I know half the people that are writing them and creating them and I'm like oh my god I would love to see that show get made but it is about this monetary squeeze that there's only so much money to make this stuff 
We've been talking about Canadian programming and Canadian content, which has been talked about probably for the last 40 years. I know uh, being in the music business, something that was very beneficial for me, and I won't lie, is uh, the CRTC, which is uh, basically a program meant to protect the arts in Canada. Yeah, Canadian content. Yep. And uh, still on the radio, I'm pretty sure it's still in place. About 33% of radio programming, so if you're listening to pop radio, whatever your channel of choice is, 33% of that needs to be Canadian Mm -hmm. content. Canadian. And I think there's three tiers to that. It's writer production, where the studio is. So there's there's criteria that you have to meet to be Canadian content. That really helped me, but it didn't secure my place on radio. I had to provide them with great music. Yeah. There's lots of things to to uh, to choose from. And that could be the same for the television arts, I think, as well. Um, you can make the content, but you can't force people to watch it. And I believe that. I mean, the, the, I can get these opportunities, but to get Canadians to watch my show or your show, I think the quality has to be there, and I think the stories have to be there, and they have to be compelling. So... I think we're on the precipice of doing amazing things with Canadian television now. I think it's... People are so blown away when they find out that their favorite shows are Canadian. Like, they really cheer in their hearts. They're very happy that it's not American content or UK content. I mean, I get that all the time. They're so proud. Oh, my God, it's Schitt's Creek. It's Canadian. Or Working Moms is Canadian. Dragon's Den's Canadian. And I love that. Yeah, I, I, I totally... I, I don't want you to think that I'm not support like no. I, in fact I'm the opposite I you know in the marketing world if 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 your company doesn't put out good creative you're done you're out of business you you know too bad you didn't support you didn't find the great talent you didn't do the right work you didn't you didn't risk anything you didn't you know push the the right idea um I don't know why that has to be any different in this business in it's other not. words but there's a lot of but I don't think that's how the executives really think, Jan. I think that they have the same thing. They have a rule that says so much Canadian content has to be on. They green light. They green lit. They green light the good ideas. They green lighted. Like they green lighted. Like Jan, a really great idea, fantastic show. You're doing amazing with it. They they recognize a good idea. I'm not saying they don't. Mm-hmm. They just aren't fostering enough of those good ideas because it's easier to take some of the American content around that to get the audience. That's already done. It's cheaper to buy. It's It's cheaper to buy. It gets the audience, gets the ratings. So I think um, I would suggest that if we really care about our culture and in in an era and a time when Canadian culture is so important for us to hold on to against Americans and what's going on in the States, and we have so much American noise from news news to commentary to you know television programming with all that noise coming in it's actually overwhelming and quieting the canadian cultural voice and so i would say this is a time for us to be very much aware of that and to be really supporting our cultural essence and and cultural ideas 1 million percent i will tell you this much i i love archaeology i love anthropology i love history and the thing that I have learned from from reading a lot about history, from watching programs, I mean, I really, I just, I can't take in enough of it, is that every civilization, really over the last, I'm going I'm to even say 10,000 years, I'm going to say even before the Egyptians, the things that they have found, how they judge and how they perceive and how they learn about any culture has been through their arts, yeah, their sure. artifacts, yeah. the paintings they've made, a freaking hand their with writings, red dye on the side of a cave wall. Theater. Yes. And 
you know, when so when you think about how, you know, a civilization, how a culture, it becomes successful is by supporting the arts, is right. by nurturing, fostering, encouraging arts. I mean, it drives me crazy that music, for the most part, has been taken out of public schools. Um, you know, I, I... It's just... It's it's atrocious to me that we have cut so much funding. Drama, music. But, you know, like... I, but do you I, not agree? I, mean, I, I, I You totally, find these artifacts. Totally. This is what these people use. This yeah. is... But we a, both love stories. We, lo- we love storytelling. I think everyone loves stories. Mm, everyone loves to have stories told to them. Not everybody knows and appreciates kind of why a story is so compelling, right? And I, I think you love the story, but you're not sure... You know, like some people just aren't thinking about, oh, why did I love that? Oh, because it's it's told in a human voice. It's told, it's a human, it's human ethos. It's it's all the things that we can relate to. And, and I think, listen, I want to go back to one thing because I understand that the role of um, an executive producer or network is, is difficult and there's a lot of competing interests and a lot of competing dollar for dollars. But it took a lot of courage to to do Jan, to do your show. And you're the executive producer that said, "I'm. That's a great idea. I'm going to support it. I'm going to get well, funding for it's it." Andrew it's Andrew Barnsley and and, and and Ben Murray and and it's Randy Lennox yeah. at at uh, CTV. Yeah, and and I would say on on for a business show, it also took a lot of courage to do for the executives at CBC to do under management because it wasn't a show that had ever been done before, a format that had never been tried. It's all brand new. It's in a, a female business person doing that. All of those things are also new. So I'm grateful. That mm-hmm. they are that there is courage out there, and uh, don't get mad at me. You guys are listening for everything I said prior to this because this is me now <laughs> sucking up. I'm sorry. No, I I think I think they're I think they're acutely aware of no they are you know the frustrations. It's got to be frust- frustrating for sure on the executive side of the fence to look at something and just love the idea and love the people that are standing in have front no of you giving and have no money yeah. for it. That's exactly what I was going to say. So, you know, they're looking at it going, yeah, we love this. And God, we'd, we'd love to do a song about, you know, gerbils riding boats down the river. But we just don't have the funding. I meant that with love in my heart. Do you remember that show? Oh, my God. That just made my gerbils. mind go down a tunnel. What was it? It was like little, like uh, guinea pigs and stuff. And they rode rafts around. What was that show, you guys? Somebody. Huh? Adam. It was like. Eh? Oh, Hammy Hamsters Adventures. Oh, my How long was it on for, like, five days? Like, Listen, this thing was on for years. And you know what they did? I know this is is way different. Maybe I got it. Let me look it up. Somebody greenlit this show. I want to hug their legs. It was a children's pro, Hammy Hamster. But here's the preface. Okay. They they brought the the hamsters and everything into the studio. They created these little like boats, and they they had water and trees and little houses and beds and forks and knives and little spoons. Well, they unleashed them and they let them do their stuff for like hours and hours. And then they wrote the story about about what they did. Anyway, Hammy Hamster, Hammy Hamster. We're just, so, but yeah. the, but there is a, so many Canadian programs that that really did become iconic. For Mr. Canadians, Dress up. Mr. Dress Up, I mean Casey he was Finnegan, awesome. yep. but I, I really do think we are entering an era of Canadian television and film that is, you know, is unprecedented. We are, I think, streaming has 
been an incredible motivator. I mean, the goal, right, is to get on Netflix, is to get on Amazon Prime, is to get on Hulu, like one of these international streamers where all of a sudden there's a hundred countries looking at your stuff. So in that regard, like I was talking to somebody about this the other day, Canadian television, it costs us the same to do a 22-minute episode of something in Canada as it would in Los Angeles because you have to be on a very level, fair playing field. So television has to look a certain way. People are very used to seeing all kinds of different styles of shooting. I'm not saying that, Um, but the quality has to be there. So the Canadians... You know, we have to pay, you know, a million plus dollars an episode to make it look great and to have the resources, to have the sets look really awesome to, because, you know, if you're streaming, you need to compete with all those people clicking on a something yeah. to watch, something to, to binge. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, I hope you're right. I, I, oh, I, I, I think you're feeling that because you're in the middle of it. I'm not so sure I believe it, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to leave it there. Well, we're getting there. I mean, well, that's because you're in the middle of doing it. And so you have that enthusiasm and that energy but for it I and, have that a lot of... and a belief and faith. But I'm, you know, maybe. What is your trepidation? I mean, it's based on a lot of things. I know that you're, you look at things from a very, a marketing point of view. And I think you see the reality of what it's going to take to push a product, whether that product's TV or a bag of sweets, chocolates, or uh, a water bottle. Like, I, I understand that you have a way different experience set than than I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's the same. It's it's complex. It's complex. And, and, I, and I don't want to sound like a negative Nelly no, at, not all. at all. I just, I, I, I hope it's true. I, I just, I just know it takes a courage and a commitment and a a true desire to support Canadians and Canadian talent, not just in television, but in theater and in mm-hmm. all of the arts. And um, the more and more that head offices move away from Canada, the more and more that decisions aren't made here, they're made elsewhere, the more and more that Canadians um, lose sight of the importance of the arts in our daily fabric and so funding mm-hmm. goes away. When all of that stuff is happening to us, I think it's it's a bit of a perfect storm for our our culture to slowly get eroded. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 again, I sound probably far more negative than I'm feeling. I just, I just don't believe you sound that. practical. It need, well, it, what I, what I, we need is, we need somebody with a lot of courage, a lot. And I think there are people out there that have had a lot of courage. Unfortunately, they've all had to go to other markets because they're, you know, they weren't able to build their business from here and export it somewhere else because the business was themselves. Yeah. Our talent has left in terms of hey, creativity. Hey, I'm not, go- I'm, I'm not I know going anywhere. Not. I, I'm not either. I'll tell you, I'll tell you but something. But I, I don't have your talent. I'm a different Arlene, it's, No, I don't. It's all, I don't. And I'm okay. Like, you don't even need to say it. I don't. I am a different kind of, I have, you don't have my talent in business. No, I don't. And I don't have your talent in music or acting. Um, I'm, I'm a reality uh, star. I am not a, you know, I'm not an acting, or an actor. I'm not um, an actor. I'm not either. an, yeah, no, but no, but you, you, but you're acting right now in your show. You're, you're doing, you're, Listen, you're, you're I, playing yourself, but you're still, what, you what still have s- a cultural, anyway, you're good. Well, what I'm I was okay. going to say about, you know, the, the whole Canadian culture thing, I, and you're, you're talking about bravery. There was someone that, that okayed and greenlit the decision that I am able to 
shoot this show in Calgary mm-hmm. and in southern Alberta, in the foothills, around a little town that I grew up in called Bragg Creek. Like, I really thought two years ago when I brought up the fact, and mom was really sick at that time, I'm like, I can't be gone three months at a time to shoot a television show in Toronto yeah. or shoot a television show in Los Angeles. or, um, And when I said, I really would like to shoot it in Calgary, okay. I was like... It's almost funny how we set ourselves up for failure because I'm like, no, they'll they'll shut me down and then this will get me out of it. Yeah. I won't I won't actually have to, to do it. follow through and do this show. Yeah. So and and people in Calgary literally rolled out the red carpet for us as far as locations and and you know making it cost effective for us to go in and shoot in the corral, uh, which is the old hockey rink before we had the saddle dome. Um, it has just been an, an ingratiating, incredible experience, and I think it's so amazing for people to see the city you know calgary's never been played itself it's been host to a lot of television shows like winona herb shoots around there um hell on wheels uh, used to shoot there fargo shot heartland, many, heartland. heartland. And yeah, and, and heart, but but Calgary actually gets to be Calgary. It doesn't have to pretend to be yeah. somebody else. Well, and and I, again, on a much smaller scale, and not to 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 be competitive even remotely, but under New Management, we shot half the episodes in Calgary for oh. the same reason. So we shot in Calgary and Toronto because yeah. that was that's where I am, and that's what I wanted to do was to support support my the city arts. and support the arts there. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. It it's it is rewarding. Hey, just a quick segue from Yeah, no, 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 let's do this. it. Did you know that... I don't know what I was going to say now. I've completely lost my mind. What, That's okay. what, is what, it, are, you menopo- are you hot? Are you having a hot flash? No, but you are. I can tell. Can you tell? Yeah. Oh, my You're God. Flushing. You're flashing. Like yeah, it is. It, it, comes, it comes roaring up through my torso like, a, it's like someone's got a flamethrower. Yep. I'm sorry. If you need to cook something on my torso right now, Arlene, please, do you have like an egg you'd like to fry? I'll just lay down on my back and expose my torso. I think Sunny I, side up? <laughs> toast? I think I told you when I was going through menopause, I actually ran a half marathon. What are you um, thinking? Because it, it was the only thing I could do to kind of like regulate my body. And I didn't want to take any of the... Oh, no. I didn't want to take any no, of the no. hormones or any of that stuff. And I'm not so, doing that. No, me either. So I decided, okay, what can I do? And so running seemed to help me for some oh, weird God. reason. Um, and in fact, I had, you know, like... What right. about laying on the couch with ice cream? Wouldn't that have helped you just as much? <laughs> well, I was also going through a divorce at the time. Okay. So I think it was like you were was running a double. for your I was life. running for my life. I was running for my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I rem- like that was, yeah, that was, it's, it's kind of like when you get your period the first time and you're, oh, you know, here we go. Here we go, ladies whatever. and gentlemen. But you don't remember that. And you think, oh, wow, that's, and it's all new and it's all like a bit scary and it's a bit like the reality of now, geez, I can have children and, you know, what does this mean? And and then when you go through oh menopause, God. you go through a complete other side, which, A, I'm going to die I, soon. No, it's more, thank God I don't have that every month anymore, to I'm going to die soon. I'm, I'm and is that a hair on my chin? <laughs> and what, what is happening oh to me? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just like, it, it, it's hair and, and it seems to grow you know there i know there's men like that have just shut their they're t- just turned it turn off the podcast like, off. but i mean we're talking about periods again but, <laughs> mildred turn that thing <laughs> off <laughs> but i mean in a like a 10-hour period you can go to sleep 
tuck yourself in, wake up in the morning, stand in front of the mirror, you're brushing your teeth, and all of a sudden you see like a fly leg coming out of your chin, this black, yeah. it's a fly leg. Yeah. And, and you think, where did that oh come from? Oh my God, it, is there, it's just like an unbelievable thing. So yeah, you're once again, the human body just does its thing. And I, I really don't know what to do about it. I think these hot flashes for me have been quite embarrassing in a lot of ways. I um, will just be sitting at a dinner or sitting in a meeting and I will, now I'll say something because they're looking at me going, okay, she's sweating profusely. She's going really red. And I start peeling off layers of clothes until I'm sitting there in my bra and underwear. And this could just be like at a board meeting. Sorry, I'm, it's all coming off. Well, that's an exaggeration, but I just, I say now I'm having a hot flash. I don't sit there and try and mask anything because it's embarrassing. So I, I tell them now that what's happening. It starts in your ovaries and it tears up your thighs into your rib cage and then it just like bursts out your head cavity. I remember sitting in a meeting 30 years ago when I would have been 32. And I remember this gal, she was a senior executive at one of the major oil and gas companies in Calgary. And we were in a meeting and I just revered her. I just thought she was like one of the smartest women and, you know, like just kind of that epitome of she'd, she'd made it to the top in her industry. And, and we're sitting in a meeting and she's just sitting there and she always dressed impeccably. <laughs> and she reached into her purse and she pulled out one of those little fans, you know, those battery operated <laughs> fans. And she just held it in front of her face. And, and and everybody around the table just kind of literally gasped. You know, like, yeah. we all, like oh, what is she doing? How could she admit in front of the world that she's going through this mm-hmm. hot flash? She was so ahead of her time. I was so great. But it was women like that who kind of set the, who kind of blazed the trail for it to, to well, why, like, this is our bodies for heaven's sake. Yeah. Of course we and should be able to say And why should it be shameful? It. That's it's not shameful. But that's the whole problem is that, yeah. you know, you hide all these things away. Um, I mean, once again, archaeology, going back 3,500 years, I remember reading a book called The Red Tent, where they used to make women who had their menstrual cycles yeah. all gather together, and they'd go into a tent. Still do and, that And in they some were cultures. considered, yeah, and it's still there, so they'd be considered unclean, and no one was supposed to look at them, eat their food, whatever. They had to stay in there until it was all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank heavens, those women, their cycles sort of uh, joined together. If women spent time together your periods mm-hmm. start Sinking. happening at the same time. And it's that, our way of getting eaten back because then we become a raging <laughs> group of women saying, don't you tell me what I have to do right now. But I mean, I just, I, I think there's still so much shame involved with it. I, I wish, so dumb. That, I wish that would go. I, so when that's happening to me, I say I'm having a hot flash. Yeah, I, I did too, but that's been a few years now. But, but look at how that woman's, what, we won't say her name, but I love how she just was out there saying, yeah, the meeting's going to keep going, MFers. I'm yeah. just going to have a fan here. Yeah. Um. You can buy them now at like the dollar store that yeah. plug into your iPhones. Okay. So they yeah <laughs> they, they have the little thing <laughs> sign can, of the times. You can or your smartphone. You can plug it into your smartphone. Uh, I'm sure there's one for Androids and and whatever. But I'm uh, what I did want to talk to you about now that my hot flash is over. I'm thinking straight again. I want to talk about the speeches at these award shows. And oh, okay. Just we're back to I, that. Okay. Yeah, just I'm going to come. I'm coming around full circle. At the Canadian Screen Awards, even the non-televised ones, because there's a lot of categories. I bet you they probably hand out, I'm going to say, 150 awards over mm-hmm. the course of the week. 
Um, but they tell everybody, listen, 45 seconds for a speech, 45 mm-hmm. seconds. They go over that right at the top. They're just like, listen, everyone bitches because these things are four hours long, Arlene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just like, they're yeah. over it. Like, they're so long this year. Well, guess why they're long? They're because you knuckleheads. Yeah. So you go up there. The, the music starts. Arlene, they just start talking louder. No, no, no. Don't play me. Don't play the music. I want to thank, like, it's lawyers. It's people no one's ever heard of. It's like... Oh, my God, can you just go up there and say thank you? I really don't understand it. I think, or, you know what you can do in 45 seconds? You can do so much. You can be so eloquent. 45 seconds is a long time. If we were to sit here and time out 45 seconds and just have a block of silence, you'd be gobsmacked at how long that felt. Um, Like, even the televised thing on Sunday night. I, where I was standing, I could see the teleprompter, and they're flashing... You have 30 seconds left. You have 10 seconds left. Wrap up, wrap up. That thing, that wrap up thing flashed for sometimes a minute. And they were so gracious as to not cut them off. I think they should shut the power off. <laughs> you know, do you think that... I, okay, I, I don't... But I mean, it's. I think it's rude and selfish to take time away from other people. And, you know, for the God's sakes, be interesting. Oh, that's all. And once, Well, too well, many people are using... Sorry to interrupt you. No, Go you're ahead. not. No, I am. Go. Cool. Um, that's all. You just just be interesting. Be uh, say something. Say something eloquent. Too many people are using it as a social platform to sound like they're, you know, making a political statement or a a statement about something. And and I don't even and, know if they and, believe that crap. Well, and and uh, I think that's what's happening. There's this. You know, there are some genuine moments where people are, are heartfelt and it comes from, you can tell. And there were genuine it, there, moments. There were, there were genuine, genuine moments. Right. But there's also a lot of, uh, almost an expectation now that if you're not standing up and saying something about world peace or, you know, the Me Too movement or about uh, something, about equal, pay, whatever it is, and not that those are all majorly important issues, but if you're not saying something about that, then somehow your acceptance speech is wanting. And, and, you're exactly right. Like, that's not the point. The point isn't to stand up there and use your platform at that moment to talk about these things. How about you stand up and use your platform the rest of the year about those things? To encourage young and, people to go into the arts, to well, to say dreams can come true, to, I don't, I'm just, when you're thanking your lawyers, your agents, an agent you had in 1977, your, your, your accountant, I'm sorry, Arlene. That's where I frickin' draw the line. Yeah, is thanking all that stuff, and I don't know, and pulling out a list that's so long. I think it's so uninspired half the time. Anyway, now I'm just being bitter and jaded. I just think humor goes a long way with those things. But honestly, if someone was flashing a light at me, going wrap up, I would shut the hell up. I would just stop. I'd say my time's up. Thanks. I got more to say, but I can't do it. Bye. I don't know. Adam's always telling us to shut up, and we keep but that's talking. That's his job. <laughs> He just edits it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. I think that there's there's an un, there's an un and everyone's uncomfortable. Y- the whole y- audience y- is uncomfortable. I don't, know, I don't know if Angelina. Like, let me use Angelina Jolie okay. as an example because I, I I talk about her often enough. I don't know what she would say in a acceptance speech. I'm going to go back and see if I can find one. But my guess is she doesn't get into a big platform. She thanks people and does her thing. But the rest of the time in her life. 
you know, she's acting, but she's also out there as a UNHCR. Not, and she's not do as I say. She's, she's do, do as, as I, I do. do. Yeah, exactly. So, so I would way rather actors were doing those things in their day-to-day lives than using that stage for a moment. She goes into dangerous of, places. She does. She go, I mean, yes, they have, uh, she does. they have security and stuff, but all the security in the world yeah. is not going to save you if things yeah. go sideways. No, it's true. But yeah, I, and I do that. I appreciate that so much, but mm-hmm. I just... I guess just somebody's looking at her up right now just and to saying, no, you're wrong, Arlene. <laughs> when you take time away from other people, when you're disrespectful about those things, it makes everyone unbelievably uncomfortable. When you are talking over that music, it just takes away from everybody. So someone who does actually have something to say, like, I want to thank my mom and dad, and they were so great, like something really great, their time is is lessened. Anyway, that's my big takeaway from that. Um, do you think the, award shows are necessary? I think we need to celebrate the arts. I do, but that's I, different but, but, than but an award show. This is—I mean, I've been been given awards in my life, and I'm very conflicted about it. A, there is no such thing in the arts of any kind for best of, best performance. There, it I doesn't mean. exist. Right. It's it's a it's a moot point. It is. This is for uh, the promotion of the, the shows. It's for the promotion of. Uh, it's 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 all about profiling. It's about branding. Um, once again, the star system. It's people. You know, you look back at the seventies. The only times you got to see your favorite stars, the only time you got to see Clark Gable or Greta Garbo or or any of those people that were the big stars in the fifties and sixties, was on the Oscars. Was on an award show. So you think of the award shows that they have created over the last twenty years. You're like, what the hell is this one now? And they just, they need the stars to show up. They need to make the money. And they, I, sometimes you're even, you're watching it going, I'm not exactly sure what we're promoting. So we, we have to think about that. There is, to actually stand up there and accept an award and think that you're actually the best at anything is a, is a slippery slope. Well, I said this before, but Hugh Laurie stood up at the, I think it was the Oscars one year and said the only difference between me and everybody that's out in the audience is that I was given an opportunity to do the role. That, you know, like, in other words, you know, there's a million people out here in this audience equally as talented. Had mm-hmm. they been given the right, the same chance to do this work, they they too would have succeeded. And so he got given a chance to do the role of House, and he was excellent at it. But his point was, you know, there is a lot of talent out there. And many times, you know, we celebrate the talent that is well known as opposed to the talent that was the best talent. Lots of times you see, like, why would it, if, if there's such a thing as the best of, why is there even a question mark who's going to win the Oscar or the Academy Award? Well, because it should just be obvious. They you, were they're the best. But you far. get into it's voting too. It's you, subjective voting. Well, but you, when you get into the voting process of members of the Academy or members of the Canadian Screen Awards, I mean, I, I had lots of conversations with people that we're talking about how the voting goes. And, you know, I talked to several people that went, I didn't know who I was voting for. I'd never heard of the, I'd never seen any of the movies. I just checked a box off. So I always, my head That's always... That's awful. Tw- That's I, awful. But I'm, t- I'm telling you because people, I think, out there deserve to know that too. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're t- looking at how voting goes, and yeah, there's always a surprise. You know, sometimes there's shoe-ins, you think, you know, 
so-and-so is going to win it this year. It was the best. She won all the other awards. She's going to get this one for sure. And Glenn just... Close has never won an award, an Academy Award. Is that true? Yeah. Well, you I think she's not a pretty good actress? I don't. I think she's one of the best yeah, there she, is. I don't think she... I mean, I'm going to look that up. I don't think she's ever won anything. I mean, her body of work. But I'm just saying that even, you know, the Junos or the Grammys, voting is... You know, there there's so many categories, and there are. I've had this conversation so many times. I can't even tell you that they're just checking off boxes of people that they don't even know because they're gonna check off the box in the best accordion player on a on a polka record. They don't know the four nominees, but they're just gonna check one because they need to. So I don't know. It's it's a conflict for me, but I also very much we have to support the arts. We have to celebrate a the thousand arts. Percent. We have to get people up in front of people and let them hear their names and see their faces and um, create that that atmosphere where people want to see homegrown talent. Okay, Glenn Close. Okay, yeah, American actress, singer, producer. Um, she's won three Tonys, three Golden Globes, three Primetime oh. Enemy Awards. Wait, a seven-time Academy Award nominee. She holds the record as the actress to have the most nominations without winning. I am going to end this conversation, Jan, <laughs> with saying... I've lost... If she's the, the best, she is one of the best, and she's never won an Academy Award, which makes me just really unhappy because I love Glenn Close. I think she's a fantastic actress. And you're going to win an Academy Award one day. Oh, my God, Arlene. I've What, how, what is in your waddle Say goodbye. Water. I'm saying goodbye. Good- Goodbye, Jen. Love talk, you. Talk, talk to, to your, your friends. Talk to your friends. La, 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 la.